Well, it's that time of the week again. It's time for Chit Chat Across the Pond. This is episode number 600. This is being recorded on Thursday, June 20th, 2019, and I'm your host, Allison Sheridan. This is the very first Programming by Stealth supplemental episode. You see, I'm leaving on vacation soon, and I'm not going to be able to record with Bart while I'm gone, but we can't leave you with no programming goodness for that long. Let me set up our guest for this show. 10 to 15 years ago, I met a woman named Dorothy Rendon at the gym. We bonded on the ellipticals while watching the wonderful soap opera, All My Children. As we got to know each other, I discovered that she was a retired programmer. Of course, I coerced her into listening to the podcast, as one does. But then when Programming by Stealth started, we had a whole new line of discussion for our workouts, which was great because AMC was canceled. Anyway, I've asked Dorothy to do this PBS supplemental episode because she is the creator of the Fine PBS Index, and I wanted to talk a little bit with her about how she created it and what she has done recently to enhance it. So with all of that preamble, welcome to the show, Dorothy. Oh, well, nice to be here. All right, great. Well, everybody knows you as a household name because uh, you're all over the internets because I talk about you behind your back all the time, right? Oh, yes, all the time. <laughs> uh, people also might know her from the chat room as Mac Lurker. That's what she is in the live chat room and I think That's over right. on Slack, right? Yes. And never on Facebook. No, never on Facebook. Over my dead body on yeah. Facebook, right? Facebook is evil. <laughs> right. All right. So uh, before we start talking about programming by Stealth Index, um, let's let's first start with a little bit of your background of your programming experience before we started programming by Stealth, because I think it's totally unfair that you already knew how to program when we started, and I had to learn from scratch. So what was your what's your background in programming? Well, I've been working with computers since I was 17. I took a class in high school just for fun, and I loved it so much that I've kept kept up with it all this time. Um, in my first job, I worked with uh, automated typesetting systems for newspapers. Oh, no way. They, they were just starting to automate newspapers and turn them from you know, from manual typesetting to automated stuff. and So you're talking about typesetting, like moving the little pieces of lead around that held that had the letters on them in order to type the, the, the newspapers? Yes. Wow. Yeah, the, the early automated system, they were pouring, they were setting up the types and they were pouring the lead and all that stuff. Oh, wow. And later it all became digital and they did away with all that, but... You know, my, my grandfather used to uh, write his own poetry, and he published his own book. So he had the typeset. My father got oh, yeah? his original typeset. Oh. But my father, being the ever-romantic engineer, melted it down and made it into uh, weights for a diving belt so he could snorkel in a oh, wetsuit. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's an engineer it for was, you, right? Yeah, it was an interesting job. I got to travel to different newspapers and, and train them on how to use our system. And Oh, wow. It's kind of fun to... To see how newspapers were made when, you know, when they were a big deal. You know, one of the things I love about doing this is I always learned, I've been talking to Dorothy forever, and yeah. I never knew this. I absolutely never knew that. I will be faking not knowing stuff later, but right now I didn't actually didn't know, know that. Okay. Well, after, I did that for a while, and then I moved into aerospace because that was, I was always interested in, in space and science fiction and Star Trek, and this <laughs> seemed like the closest way since I couldn't be a, an astronaut. But I worked on uh, communication satellites doing uh, ground control stations and uh, and test systems. And programming for those. And programming for those, yeah. Designing and, and writing software for Wow. What, what kind of languages? Um, I can't remember. What we start. I think we started in Fortran, but we went to C and then C++. And, and we were working on Sun workstations and well, there you go. doing networking. Toward the end, it was more... Um, making networks to work together, like space-based networks. I spent a lot of time on that. 
Oh, okay. Because that, so. that ends up, well, I believe uh, Sun's uh, CEO coined the phrase, the network is the computer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was a lot of that. But that was fun because it was a lot of ad hoc programming. Like, oh, we need a little thingy that does that. And so, you know, I would, one of us sit down and write it. We'd kind of do it on, on the fly. And that was fun. Yeah. I, I, uh, we wrote up some notes ahead of time. And I saw you said that it, the ad hoc stuff is the fun stuff to you, not the, yes. <laughs> not, not the actually, I have to support this indefinitely as flight based hardware or anything like that. Right. And I tried to stay away from the user interface part because that's where you had to interface with the user. It's like, no, stay like you had away to talk from to that. people. Well, I had to talk to people. Yeah. It was more fun talking to the machines. <laughs> I think that's what most of us like. So, yeah. Is is programming just kind of in your nature? I think so. I mean, I love the puzzle of, of tr- figuring out how to make things work and why things aren't working and, and just making it all come together. That's why I like PBS because it, it let me do all that, continue to do that stuff even though I'm retired and no one's paying me to do that. I'm just doing it for fun. <laughs> and nobody's actually checking your homework even. No, right? not really. Yeah, I just like, yeah, it works good enough. Okay, fine. <laughs> Ship it. But like school, you have someone cheating off your paper every single time, right? Yeah. <laughs> Well, you're not cheating. I mean, we, sometimes, you know, we, we talk about stuff and sometimes just talking about it, you know, we, we, we get an insight and it's like, oh, that's what he meant. Or, hey, we should try this way. And, oh, yeah, that might work. Yeah, um, I've been really, really surprised and interested to learn that. Um, I mean, I know in engineering, you know, when doing my engineering homework, for example, you know, you'd collaborate with other people trying to figure stuff out. But yeah. I didn't realize how valuable it would be to me to have a buddy to program with. And, and Bart has really encouraged that in us. Yeah, yeah. And I found that in, in PBS, the, the HTML and the CSS was always the hard part. Trying to get it to look pretty, that's still a struggle for me. The JavaScript was, you know, that's programming, I, I know that. So oh, and the JavaScript is the hardest part for me. Yeah. And to me, HTML and CSS, it's so visual, that seems completely obvious. Yeah, well, it's not clear to me always, like, well, if you change this to over there and now it looks better. Like, well, I don't know how that, why that was the case. But, <laughs> but I'm not touching it now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I think that makes us a good match because you help me with one and I help you with the other. And right, together right. we both win. So. Yeah, that's, that's been really fun. The other thing that, that Bart explained and, and I've definitely noticed is sometimes if I just can talk to somebody about it out loud, mm-hmm. uh, when you're not around, Steve has to listen to me say, oh. well, okay, let me just talk you through it. And halfway through, I'll go, ah! That's what I did wrong. Oh, yeah. It really helps to have somebody to noodle with. It does, yeah. We have so, lots okay. of play dates. So let's talk about the, the Programming by Stealth Index. Um, at the On Bart's website, there's a link to it, and it's uh, it's actually sitting over on podfeet.com, but it's a list of everything you think would be important within a given lesson that somebody might want to go look up. Is that right. a good yes. elevator speech for it? Yes. So Sorted like, by by topic name. So if you want to find all the things about, you know, the match function, they'll all be in the same general area. Right. Where the answer, where the lessons might be splattered all over the place. Right. Yeah. So like the grid model is, is there, but it might not all be in the same lesson, but you'd have specific things or the, the box model or the, uh, or, you know, something about bootstrap. All the bootstrap stuff is right next to each other. Yes. Yes. Um, I personally find command F on that page to be the way to look this stuff up. Oh, absolutely. That's, that's what I do. Yeah, for it's, sure. It's getting pretty long, and we will talk about that soon. Yeah. Um, so, you actually created this though to scratch your own itch. Yeah, pretty much. Because I kept, I kept uh, thinking. Well, Bart explained all this. I know that topic is out there somewhere. <laughs> but which lesson is it? Is it in? You know, I have, I can't remember. So at least with the index, it kind of points me. 
get you a starting in a, point. In a starting point, yeah. Yeah, a lot of times I'll find it, what I'm looking for, but then it turns out it's back lesson or forward lesson. But Bart, at the bottom of every uh, installment, he has a little forward back thing. So if you're on 32, you're going, right. oh, no, this was after that. So let me go back to 31. Right, yeah. So, but, but I'm glad it, um, if it's, that it's useful for other people too. So I'm happy to share it. Dorothy so. and I kid around that even if it's just for the two of us, we yeah. don't care because it helps us. <laughs> I use it all the time. Oh, that's I mean, good to know. Yeah. Bart, Bart's, uh, Bart's titles are good, but, you know, more promises doesn't really tell you what you, what is in there necessarily, right. or, or more spe- bootstrap. Or, or if there's a specific thing he talks about that's not in the title, it's just kind of a little aside, it's nice to be able to go and find it. Yeah, quickly. yeah, like on input groups, uh, wait, how do I make it only available to the screen reader? Well, that happens to be on the input groups page, but if you didn't think of that, then you might not find yeah, it by yourself right. by the title. Yeah, especially right. since, you know, we're learning something new, so all the terminology is new, and so we're not sure what what's significant and what isn't. Oh, so. that's a really good point. So yeah. a lot of times, like, especially on the on the forms, I've had to go back and go, okay, what did he say? Where at the time, I was just like flooded with all this information, but because his notes are so good, and because I can find what I'm looking for in the PBS index, uh, now I'm like, okay, I know I got to go find that thing on forms. Okay, but Dorothy, where is forms? Okay, it was on 32, or whatever yeah, it was. Or here's like five lessons that have forms in them, and you could focus on those and not have to search through all, you know, 80 of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Okay, so so we we scratched the itch. So, um let's let's talk just for a little bit about the content itself. How do you decide what goes into the index? Well, sometimes I just use Bart subheaders. You oh, know, okay. I just I just go through the show notes and say, "Okay, here's a subsection on on, you know, text coloring and here's a subsection on text uh, fonts alignment or something or, something. or alignment, yeah." And that really Gives a pretty good um, his framework subset, of it a yeah. subset. Other times I'll be doing one of the challenges and I'll say, "Dang, I need to find this." And I look in the index. Oh, it's not there. And then I got to go hunt it the tedious way. But I thought, "Well, I'm not going to hunt this thing down Ever again. again." Yeah. So, so then I'll then I'll add it in. But I think a couple times you've uh, people have come up with you know like cheat sheets and. And reference pages, and so it's, it's easy enough to stick those links in there too. So, oh yeah, Caleb Fung sent you one, right? That I think you put in there, Geeko Supremo, right? And there's a guy named Will that did um, oh, uh, yeah. objects, JavaScript objects explained. Okay, which was really very complete and kind of made a lot of sense. So that may help clarify some things. So yeah, so that's in there too if I need to find it. And it, the other thing was a lot of times Bart will put. Um, Links to documentation, like, well, here's the, the bootstrap documentation. Oh, and, and that's so, in there, too. So those are in there. They point to the lesson that has that link. So you have to kind of do a double hop to get to it. But at least, you know, it's you know quick, why it's we're... quicker than, than a Google search, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, now I want you to put all of the libraries we will ever use in there. So I can go find the CDNs, right? Okay, yeah. <laughs> Well, this is more documentation than the actual download, but right. I figure... No, I want that in there, too, and then I want... <laughs> well, write me some requirements, and then maybe I'll uh, we'll take them under advisement. <laughs> but I think it is a good point that uh, if uh, any of the listeners have something that they think, well, I think other people would find this useful as part of the PBS index, you're, you're open to adding things, right? Oh, yeah, sure. If someone wants something in there, it's really easy to add another topic in there. And you're the supreme dictator of what gets to go into it, though. 
Well, yeah, I, I will allow myself to exercise some judgment on it. <laughs> so if it's like Calvin and Hobbes cartoons, maybe yes, maybe no. Well, that goes on the second page, yeah, okay. <laughs> which doesn't exist yet. I like it. So um, we're going to talk about a big upgrade that you've done recently to the creation of the PBS Index. But it, right. talk to me about how you have been doing it in the past. Okay, uh, let's see. I think you start with an Excel file. Is that right? Actually, I have, I have two Excel files. I started thinking, well, I'll just update the HTML because it was four was just one big HTML file. Okay, and I would just add to them, but I thought, you know, that's going to get tedious because essentially it's a table. Yeah. Oh. And you're just adding more rows in there, but Blah. trying to stick them where they belong alphabetically, it was. I thought that's going to get old well, and really hurry. fast. So I have two Excel files, and I tried to separate it so that the data that data is only in one place. So okay. I don't have like links everywhere. I have one Excel file that's just all the links. It's the the lessons, their title, and their link, their okay. URL link. And then the second file is all the topics with the key that ties them back to the link. Okay, to the other spreadsheet. To the other spreadsheet. Oh, okay. And then I wrote a Perl script. Perl is my favorite language for moving text, manipulating text. It's it's perfect. Okay. So it reads in the CSV versions of these Excel files. So so you you update the uh the the two Excel files and then you export them both as comma separated value files. Right. And then your Perl script grabs those and puts the link to, with the topic and and just writes all the HTML out. Okay. So wow. that, that makes it real. It's kind of doing what a mustache does. I mean, we, I didn't know about mustaches when I wrote it. So <laughs> hold that, put a pin in that because that is going to become important to the yes. plot, right? Yes. So um, at at this point, this is fairly automated. I mean, you still have to you have to use your thought process to to fill out the the two spreadsheets, and you have to use your brain. Right. But anything that's repetitive and boring, you have automated it at that point. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So by the time I've done, I update the two spreadsheets. Um, I use actually Excel to sort them, so that takes care of putting things in the right order. Oh, by t- that's the topic order? The topic, yeah. Okay. And then I run the script, and now I have the HTML file, and then it's, it's ready to go, essentially. So I load it locally to make sure all the, link, the new links are working and everything, because I often mistype those. <laughs> Wait, what? Make mistakes? <laughs> Makes mistakes, yeah. I thought that all was only time. me. Yeah. So... Um, at, 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 for the audience, at that point, I created a uh, a page in WordPress that Dorothy could simply select all, delete, and replace with the content that she has, that mm-hmm. she's generated this HTML content, mm-hmm. and then she can hit a preview, make sure it looks pretty, click a link or two, and then she can hit publish. Right. Well, yeah, what I've been doing is I essentially cut out the whole table contents and paste in the whole new one. So that, I mean, like, take, um, select with, most of the Oh, HTML. not all of it. No, not all. Well, the header stuff and the Taylor stuff, that, that doesn't never changes. So oh, okay. It's simply everything in the body of the table. Delete okay. it out, paste in the new one. and Rinse and repeat. And save. <laughs> okay. And then make sure it works. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. So um, at this point, everything's working fine. You have no problem to be solved. And Allison says, <laughs> one of my great joys in life is suggesting little projects for Dorothy because oh, she yeah. takes the bait every time. <laughs> 
Yeah, uh, well, I can't resist. If, if we have time, we should tell the story of Tom, the, the thing you did for Tom Merritt that uh, he continues to love he to this day. Did, yeah, that um, was fun too. That was one of my little earworms. Oh, yeah. I just take it because I have great vision, you see. Yeah. And, and uh, I can see what, a, a task to be done with no clue how to do it. But mm-hmm. I think I have a good sense of what I think you can do. And, uh, and that gets to, be, gets to be fun. So I said, well, wait a minute. Now, we've been learning this JSON stuff here, and it mm-hmm. seems to me that what you've really got isn't appropriate as, a, as an Excel file. That doesn't make any sense. You should be mm-hmm. doing it in JSON. So go JSON all over this. Okay. Well, JSON and mustaches. I, I was looking at when we were learning mustaches, I'm going, you know, this really would apply to the index pretty well. So um, I didn't think of that part, by the way. I'll give you full credit for that by yourself. Oh, well, thank, thank you. you. <laughs> <laughs> this is like 400 hours of programming, and I, but it was my idea. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I had these two Excel files, so all the data was there, but I had to turn those into a JSON. Okay. So I wrote another Perl script, kind of a use once and throw away. Oh, okay. To convert, to put these two things together. Well, yeah, to put these two Excel files into one JSON file. Oh. You know, and define all the keys. and Oh, oh okay, because they can all be in one, right? Yeah, they can all be at one. They okay, didn't have yeah. to have two separate ones. And then um, I went to, I wrote a second Excel script, I'm sorry, second Perl script that will read in all this JSON data, stick some new data in, sort it, and write it back out to file again. Oh, so you need that one because you're going to make new stuff. Right, so now every time I update, I just run the script. It takes the new data in, stuffs it in with the old data, and writes out a whole new file for me. Oh, okay. So you're and never editing a text file ever again. That's well, cor- well, that's correct, yes. Yeah, so how do you enter the data that's going to go into the JSON file? The Perl scripts asks me for them. Oh, okay. So did you do that as an automator script uh, with Perl inside it, or is it Perl itself popping little windows up on your Mac? It's popping up little windows on my Mac. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Straight from Perl. So, straight from Perl, yeah. Oh, wow. I yeah. should learn that language. Yeah. But the other thing I did was um, I went to the CPAN website, which okay. is a Perl uh, resource website. And people write packages to do all kinds of different things. Okay. So if you want something that, like, I know, formats dates in pretty ways mm-hmm. or handles json you know in different ways and you can it has all kinds of options so you can download these packages which are like libraries and you just include them with your perl script and now you've got all the formatting all the the text processing it's so so they are perl scripts but you put them do you point to them like the way we do with um, javascript libraries or do you embed them um natively you point to them essentially but i think you you can add them into your perl binary Oh, in or oh, okay. I'm not sure exactly where it goes now. That I think about it, but um, anyway, it can it can read in all this text that's formatted like a JSON, and it turns it into a Perl object. And once it's a Perl object, then you can sort it, you can stick new stuff in, you can take stuff out, oh, and then wow. you say, okay, convert it back to text in the JSON format, and write the text out to file. So it's, oh, that is really slick. Yeah, so that's it's kind of a the go-to place, like GitHub, right? You want to find some software that do, does something, or you want to find some Perl packages that help you with whatever your particular problem is. CPAN is, a, is where you go. Yeah, you probably knew to do that kind of thing uh, before PBS, but... What yes, it, I did. Bart was really excited when I, I found a little um, thing to draw a pie chart, basically, oh, yeah, for the progress of my game. Yeah. And 
I went out and thought, hey, I bet instead of trying to write something that draws a circle, it's like, I don't know anything about SVG. I'm not going to learn. Well, I know a little bit, but I don't know how to do it inside a program. So I was like, oh, look, there's a guy. He wrote a circle. Well, I wonder if I yeah. modify what he did. Could it work? And and he was proud that I knew that I thought to do that. But mm-hmm. I only learned that because programming by stealth taught me that it's probably out there, you know? Yeah, that's something I actually learned recently because um, a friend of mine was helping me do some some user graphics for um for my husband and he said well you should try this library and there's everything i needed you know and if they've constructed it right you can pick the right parameters and it does exactly what you and want spit it out and you don't have to sit, sit down and figure out okay i need to do the radians like this and i need to put these vectors here and these pixels there and you know, they've they figured out all that stuff for you. So that's nice. Yeah. I, with my little circle, I remember thinking that the guy was truly evil because the basically it sweeps an arc for the values that have been eliminated in our guessing game from 1 to 100. Yeah. And the, the guy or woman, actually, I don't know if it's man or a woman, uh, wrote this so that the starting point is in radians, but the length of the arc is in percentage of a circle. So like mm. 80 <laughs> would be 80% of a circle, but you got to do like, you know, two pi over three to get to a, th- you know, it's like, <laughs> oh, come on. Yeah, that probably could have been cleaned up so that all the inputs were consistent. Or you can like do it all radians or do it all percentages. Yeah, wouldn't you think? Have him do all the math for you because that's kind of what you think you why yeah want to do yeah I mean, luckily i happen to know what radians are being yeah. a mechanical engineer <laughs> i understood it and i could do it but it was like but why am i having to do this yeah um so now you've got uh so you've got the json file being created by this perl script that the perl script queries you but I, i'm a little confused on how it how does it attach the fact that you're going to give it a bunch of different topics that all go to the same lesson so you're on lesson 80 the only mm-hmm. answers you're going to be giving right now are less than 80, right? In that, a normal usage. I'm not sure I understand the question. So BART has just finished installment 80. Right. So you're going to go through and you're going to pick out the topics oh, and yes. you're going to tell it. So yes. you're, you're only answering the question right now of things in less than 80. Does it ask you what lesson are you talking about? What's the title? What's the name? Yes. And then... Yes, that's all input because it's a new lesson. So it's a new title. It's a new link. And it's a new set of topics. So you don't have to tell it for each topic, lesson 80, this link, lesson 80, this link, lesson 80, this no, link. No, no. So you put in all the lesson data, and then you put in all the topics, and it knows that, okay, here's the six topics. It They all get shoved link, into the right to 80, place. Yeah. What about if you thought, oh, you know what, I really, no, Allison says, Dorothy, could you put, <laughs> uh, you know, input uh, screen reader items in from lesson 32 back in? Could you use it for that? I could, but I'd have to do like two cycles through the update process. Because you'd have to be, because, you don't want to write over the data for that, that lesson? Well, because it's expecting that there will be one lesson and one set of topics. I, re- I really didn't think about adding topics from multiple I'm totally going to go back to old lessons and find But, <laughs> but it's it, actually the easiest way to, to do that. If you said, okay, 32, I want this topic in there. Mm-hmm. I just add a, a a line into the JSON file directly. Yeah, because it's not hard to edit JSON. No, I mean, it's, it's all text. text. It's all text. So you just like Human take readable. the top one and co- copy, paste, change all the stuff that needs changing. And you'd you be know, done. Yeah. You'd be done, yeah. Okay, so you've got the JSON. Now, what does the mustache do? Well... So the JSON is one file. So the 
the other update is instead of having one big HTML file with everything in it, now there's an HTML file and a JSON file. J- the HTML small. It's very it's like small. a tiny little file. Yeah. So all it does is it it reads in the JSON file. It uses a mustache thing, which essentially uh, formats the the. Um, the row in the table. It's all in a bootstrap table. So that was the other thing, using bootstrap to make, to do so all the formatting. So that's why it's so much prettier. Yes. I mean, yeah. it's not like the old one was, you know, but ugly or anything. I mean, it didn't make your eyes bleed or anything, but as soon as yeah. you made the pretty uh, bootstrap one, I was just like, oh, look yeah. how nice and, it just looks yeah. modern, you yeah, know? Yeah, and it was, that was so easy to do, really. Oh, cool. I think, actually, I think I got a table format that Bart did, and I just said, oh, yeah, I'll use this. Copy-paste, you know, there you are. We're engineers. So. Artistic is not our, our strong no, suit. Bart no. claims it's not his, but his stuff is always prettier than mine. Yeah. Um, so you've got the, the mustaches go and say, take this data, for, put it here, put this data here. It calls that all the data pieces right. from the from the um, the. JSON file. Right. So that the, the mustaches part is just real simple. I mean, it's only got like one yes. thing, right? It's one row. Yeah. And you're not doing anything repetitive like you had before. Yeah. So I expect that that file will not change very much. Yeah. Once I get it, uh, well, actually, it's, it's pretty much done now. Yeah. Now, Dorothy and I went through a couple of iterations. Um, I would trust her with my life, with my dog, Probably even my cats. Oh, I should say it the other way around, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, what I thought would be interesting to figure out would be, would there be a way to allow Dorothy to do these updates without me giving her privileges to my server? Mm-hmm. So she's already uh, an author, so she's able to take this one page. You may have more pages you could do than that. I actually haven't checked that. But I know that you can you can take this page, you can scrape out what you want and right. put it back in. Right. Um, but with this with this new method, the HTMLs really may change once every three or four months or something like that. Right. But the JSON file is going to change all the time. So right. th- there's um, we went through two different paths, and and being who we are, we like to build build a, a Rube Goldberg machine. Yeah. So <laughs> so I thought Dorothy and I have a Dropbox folder that we share. So I said, okay, what if you put the file into this shared Dropbox into the specific folder in our shared Dropbox? And then on my Mac, I can run a, a Hazel script that will look at that folder. And if it sees that the file date has changed or whatever parameters I said, I think if it's just even in there at all. I think it was in there. Yeah, then it would move it out. Yeah, it would. Well, yeah, I was going to copy and then delete because then I said, okay, then I could tell Hazel has built into it a uh, the ability to FTP something. So I said, what if I FTP it from that folder directly to podfeed.com and it goes into the right directory there? And Bob's your uncle. Everything's updated automatically. So Dorothy just drops it into Dropbox, and then beep, 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 and we saw it all go up. Yeah. So that was nifty. It took about ten minutes, but yeah. <laughs> well, actually, no, it, it went pretty well once yeah. once we got the uh, the path down, and and uh, it, that allowed me to do it where I had FTP access, but Dorothy didn't. Again, mm-hmm. I would certainly trust her with it, but you know, why not learn another way to do it? Yeah. So why leave open doors. Right. So then I said, well, yeah, but. There's a lot of problems in that. So Dropbox has to be functioning. She has to put it into the right spot. My Mac has to be up. My, I mean, when I'm out of town, mm-hmm. if she puts something in there and my Mac is offline, it's never going to end up on podfeet.com. Yeah. So I gave her upload privileges, and I actually figured out I was able to give her FTP privileges to just that one directory. So now mm-hmm. you, you're just going to be able to upload it directly. Right, yes. Yeah, I, I use FTP and a little... And just copy it right in, and then I 
assume next time someone loads, there it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing that was interesting, and this is a problem I ran into when, uh, luckily I had already figured out when I created my most awesome, amazing uh, page on podfeed.com, which is where mm. you see the different podcasts to subscribe to, which mm. is all done in Bootstrap. It's amazing. Uh, mm -hmm. Anyway, when I did that, I, I realized that you can't just take code that calls JavaScript and Bootstrap and popovers and all these kinds of things and just plop it into WordPress. WordPress basically just barfs on that and and by barf, I mean, put stuff on screen that looks like it was just barfed all over, oh. like just chunks of stuff floating yeah. in all the wrong places. Yeah. So uh, when I had that problem, Bart showed me that what you have to do is you have to put an iframe, an HTML iframe into the WordPress page. And then the the uh, what goes into the iframe is the link to the HTML file. So Dorothy won't be copying, pasting anything into there. She will, if she ever wants to change the mustaches, she would do it in the HTML file and FTP that up again. Right, yeah. Now, here's the problem to be solved. By the way, if anybody knows a way to not do it through an iframe, I would totally like to know because I don't like this at all. Yeah, it's, it's, it's causing side effects that are not necessarily desirable. Yeah, and the main side effect is that it, you have to tell the iframe how tall is it. It is. Yeah. So we started at, I don't know, like a thousand, whatever the units are, pixels per fortnight or something that yeah. uh, I'm sure somebody knows. Maybe it's EMs. I don't know what they are, but there's a thousand of them. And we have these giant scroll bars inside a scroll bar of a, of a browser window. And that's ugly and annoying. Yeah. So then I started increasing that number. What are we up to now? 16,500? 16, yeah. 16, pixels per fortnight yeah <laughs> and uh and so now what dorothy has to do is keep an eye on that is if she adds enough lines that it starts overflowing and causing the uh the scroll bars then she just changes that number in that that web page which is but that can only grow so large right so, yeah that's gonna be well i don't know i don't know how big a number know. you can put in but if you put in too big of a number what you guys get as consumers is this giant white space <laughs> down the bottom because so i said okay screw it we're just going to put in fifty thousand, yeah. and now you got a little tiny scroll bar on on your <laughs> safari window and this giant white space down at the bottom yeah so that's stupid too yeah um no sixteen thousand seems a good compromise for now yeah, but grow a bit. but remember we found the other problem. If you change the oh, width yes. of your browser window, the the word wrapping will happen properly. So the lesson name or the the topic name it will uh, word wrap, which means every single row could potentially be two lines long. So now it's thirty three thousand lines long, and it's got a scroll bar again. Yeah. So uh, if anybody knows a way around that, we would again the iframe appears to be the janky part. Right. Well, the other problem we ran into was that. Um, I had I had formatted the links to the lesson to open in a new tab because that way you can keep the index in one tab and you can open up as many right, subsequent right. tabs. Totally you know, desirable. You, totally right. desirable. But that doesn't work because of the security constraints in a in an iframe and going to different domains. Yeah. So target equals under, underscore blank does right. not work inside an iframe to open it up in a new link. What do we change it to? Target equals underscore top, I top, think. Yeah. Uh, but that doesn't open it in a new frame. That opens it in a, it, it changes the window. Right. So the only way around that is to remember to, you know, like right mouse click on the link and say open a new tab. Which right. Is, which is 
tedious and which is yeah wrong. time to remember that yeah so this is some so it's it's a work in progress we're, yeah we're gonna have to keep working on that one i'm really surprised so. that's basically all we found to be annoyed by when we first like i told dorothy i said when do you want to go live and she with version two and she's like oh i don't know i don't know and it's like now now let's do it now and she's like okay okay <laughs> Put it out there. Yeah. So See what happens. We actually did it about a week ago, I think, right? Or early, was it um, just early this week? No, it was only, uh, yeah, earlier this week, like Monday Time Tuesday. flies when yeah. you're having fun. Yeah. Um, we did spend some interesting time. She made a real nice title in the center and put the little programming by stealth guy in the, in the, uh, in the title. And it looked mm-hmm. great, except I also have a title for that, that, that blog. I, I've been calling it a post, by the way. It's a page, a WordPress page. And so I had a title, and I was like, oh, man, it's there twice. We spent a bunch mm-hmm. of time fooling around with that. And then I found a little checkbox that said, hide title. Oh. So I still have a title for the page so I can find it in in WordPress, but she doesn't have to look at it. We don't have to look yeah. at it twice. Yeah. So and then we tested it on mobile, and it works. Did. Yeah, looks I, great. Looks great on the phone, yeah. Might have to scroll a bit. Yeah, <laughs> just a bit, yeah. So, yeah, that's, and looking forward to version three, what we would be trying to think about is how do you do this in a way that it's not a 30,000 line long single page? Yeah, I think at some point it's going to get unwieldy enough that we're going to have to break it into multiple pages. And the question is how to do that. So it's still easy to find stuff and, and, and navigate. Yeah. Um, what, if, but- what if it could be a page where you, you had a search and you put that in, and it simply presented you with the information from the JSON that you wanted. I just thought of that. Like, I, I type in Bootstrap, and it just spits yeah. out the table on screen of just the stuff that has Bootstrap in the, in the, uh, in the topic. Yeah, that, that would be an approach, except I have absolutely no idea how to do that part. <laughs> we and you to... are now witnessing me putting something in Dorothy's ear that will bother her till she figures well... out the puzzle. <laughs> Well, I think we need to put a bug in, in Bart's ear saying, okay, Bart, here's some topics we need you to cover at some point. Teach us how to do something to fix this. Yeah. Well, I'm betting there will be somebody who knows, uh, who knows how to do that, who knows maybe, maybe how, to, how to figure out um, a way not to use the iframe would be one thing. Yeah. And I, I know how to do search. I've got search on my page, but just like it's hard to search for programming by stealth topics on bartb.ie, it's hard to search for them on podfeed.com because podfeed.com has all this other glop in it and bartb.ie has all his other glop in it. So yeah. searching within that area is like, I don't even know how to do search partially like well, that. Yeah. I'm thinking about when, like if you go to a shopping website and you say, okay, show me sweaters, right? Yeah. And they all do it slightly differently, but um, you can say like how many things you oh. want to see on a page. And you want to sort by relevance yeah. or price or whatever. So it goes yeah. off and it, it updates a part of the page with whatever you were searching for. So yeah. that, would, that would match with your Yeah, idea. go figure that out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Give me five minutes here. I'll, I'll come back to you. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, this is exactly how it happens. This is uh, this is the kind of thing that, that uh, has, has caused this madness in her before. Right. Yeah, there's no stopping. Once it gets starting, it's started. <laughs> Well, the fun thing is I, I sometimes I take these ideas, and I go back and I noodle them with my husband and often he has great ideas. So. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah. Uh, describe what it was you were, you said you did some programming for him. Uh, tell, him tell him what you did there. That was pretty interesting. Oh, that was fun. Yeah. It was for um, the boat, right? Well, we used to have a boat and the boat in- instrumentation did not, um, did not include 
things to monitor the battery. So the batteries are key on a boat because they start on the engine. On a stink engine, boat, they are. They, well, yeah, they start the <laughs> engine, they run the, the refrigerator. And so he just wanted to monitor the charging to make sure they were Power charging right. with your refrigerators and yeah. air conditioning and stereos. <laughs> we had an icebox on my <laughs> sailboat. But, okay, go ahead. Anyway, that's not relevant. So, <laughs> not at all. So batteries are important. Yeah. So my husband, uh, I think he did like a Raspberry Pi. He wrote oh. a little Raspberry Pi device to actually, and he got some sensors. I don't know where he got them. I bought them in China somewhere. And he, he built this little thing that would collect all this data and write it to to essentially a, a, a thumb drive. Oh, okay. And But that was kind of awkward, you know, get the thumb drive, stick it in a laptop, look at the data, and then decide. Right. And You want sort of real time on that whole battery issue, right? Right, yeah. So I wrote like the front end part of it that, um, that would collect, the, they would talk, I think, over the network, over the, the LAN on the boat to collect the data. And then I found this package through our friend Aaron that would display it. And it all runs on a, uh, under Windows. So I was using iStudio to debug this. Oh, wow. And I took the demo for this, pa- this graphics pass- package, and it had like little thermometers and dials and, ah. and, um, the dial start radians and make the no <laughs> no you just had to tell it okay this is the range of the data and this is the current data and it would it would handle all that okay. it was it was great so well that's pretty so nifty. that was kind of fun and then did you guys build the display itself no it's because the it ran on one of, on one of our laptops oh okay on the boat. okay but it would be real time not moving yes it, yeah so uh, the funniest thing you said after me complaining about stink boats versus sailboats is you said the land on the boat the land you had the, a land we had a land on the boat yes we did <laughs> well we had our apple tv and we had our our oh um, our modem <laughs> that connected to the telephone system you, you know, if we weren't in the telephone? marina, we were out in the middle of the water, and there you had was a cell telephone. Phone yeah, you you guys roughed it on that <laughs> <Yes>. boat. <laughs> we literally had an icebox. I'm not in a gas yeah. stove, and that was that was it. No right. hot water, and wow, yeah, that's so, crazy. No but, generator either. No gen. As oh, primitive well. as can be. <laughs> Even our sailboat had a generator. Did it? Yeah, no, my, maybe it didn't. No, you're right. If the engine wasn't running, you had no. You had battery power. And that, was it. that was it. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, last topic. Uh, let's let's talk a little bit about what you did for Tom Merritt. Um, Tom oh, uh, does the Daily Tech News Show, and he did a video showing how he does all of the news that he does. So he gets onto. Um, I'm trying to remember. Does he start on Windows? Then he goes over the Mac. I forget, but. I think he starts on Windows. Yeah, but anyway, he, he starts reading top tech stories, and he gets them. He gets them from their subreddit, and he gets articles from Patreon, and uh, and he populates all these tabs in his browser, and then he rearranges the order of the tabs, and he, he gets them all set up so that he knows the order that they're going to go through all the articles, and then he clicks on a tab, copies the URL, goes over to the Google Doc, pastes in the URL, goes back to the tab, copies the title, goes back over to the Google Doc, and pastes in the title. And and the only reason I know this is because he did a video showing what his life is like, and it, yeah. it was really fantastic because it showed, you know he like his alarm goes off and then he goes and he takes the dogs out, he makes some coffee, sits down, starts working, and it, it was very very interesting video to see how the the whole thing gets done. And I looked at that and I said, I bet Dorothy can write something for him, so he hasn't ha- doesn't have to go command tab over here, copy this, go back, yeah. paste, go back over and get this right, right, and I. It, I don't know if it was fortuitously or not. I had learned about how 
how to use AppleScript to um, to pick out pieces off a selected window, you know, whichever right front window I think is one window, of the things yeah. you can say, and and how to ask for all these different attributes. And if you go in with the debugger, you can see, yeah, there's like 500 different attributes, but you can find exactly the one you want. Title you can see, and is URL it text, and... is it number, is it Boolean or whatever. Oh, okay. And then you know what to do. But um, so that's what I did. I did it. I think script. I did it for Safari. And I said, well, gee, I wonder if it'll work in, uh, if this in will work in Chrome. And it didn't, not quite. So I had to like write a whole nother like okay if this is Safari do this and if it's oh, Chrome then I do this whole nother set Chrome. of okay. things and if it's Firefox I think I did those three so it I eventually I had three different scripts and eventually I, I glued them all together but yeah I so like so you push a button and it would just go collect all this data stick it open the text editor paste all the the text in oh it there. does them all at once. All open tabs, or yeah, it, it oh. would take every open tab. Oh wow, I didn't in, know that. In the window and get all the titles. You know, I forget how I formatted it, but yeah, yeah. And so all you have to do is like push a button, and it collects Splats all the stuff. All and now in. he's got a text file, and he can just like paste the whole, you know, whatever. He, Upload it in. Yeah. Uh, the thing I think I enjoyed most about it was Tom uh, really enjoys being as agnostic on technology as possible. He, mm-hmm. He's, uh, I, I think. Uh, Patrick Beja called him pathologically unbiased, yeah. and uh, which that was a great <laughs> term. Uh, but he doesn't want to be tied to any platform. But he said, "I can't ever leave the Mac because of Dorothy's <laughs> script." So, right. yay, I, Dorothy! Yeah, well, Apple Script, you know, it's got so many hooks into every app, so that that simplified it a lot. But I started thinking about how do I trans how do I transport this to a Windows system. I don't know. Start over. I got to learn more about Windows systems to to do that. But see, Windows doesn't have this this built-in scripting thing that gives you access to all these data, all this data. Yeah. That lets you say, okay, give me a list of all the tabs with their with their URLs. You know that maybe it exists. I I just don't know about it. Right. Right. So anyway. All right. Well, hey, I have bent your ear long enough. I think this was really cool to get to do a PBS supplemental that we'll publish right in order, right when people would have been hoping Mm -hmm. to get a programming by stealth. We'll take a nice little little break for Bart while he's overdoing the (laughs) NoSillaCast. If people want to talk to you, wanted to tell you, yay, thanks for this, or hey, why haven't you included all this other stuff, or hey, you morons, stop Mm -hmm. using an iframe, how would they get a hold of you? Uh, I think Slack would be the best way through uh, through my username, Mac Lurker. And our Slack is at podfeet.com slash Slack. And I should have put a URL down here. Uh, I'll, I'll make sure it's in the show notes to the to the PBS index itself. itself. Okay. You can find it over on podfeet.com, but it's at the top of the Programming by Stealth index. And uh, I don't know if it's on every page, but I know it's on the very top level page of, uh, I called it the index. Bart's uh, table of contents has it in there too. Yeah, I think, so yeah, they can find it, it there. Yeah. Well, Dorothy, thank you so much for coming on. This was an absolute blast. I loved it. Okay, well, I was glad to be here. It was fun. All right, talk I'll about s- this stuff. I'll see you on the elliptical. Okay. If you learn as much from Bart each week as I do, I'd like you to go over to lets-talk.ie and press one of the buttons over there to help support him. He does 98% of the work here. I'm just the stooge that listens to him and asks the dumb questions. If you go over to lets-talk.ie, you can support him on Patreon, you can donate via PayPal, or you can use one of his referral links. I really hope you'll go over and help him out. In the meantime, you can contact me at Podfeet or check out all of the shows we do over there over at podfeet.com. 
Thanks for listening and stay subscribed.